Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Anytime I go out to Litchfield County, I am always stunned by its beauty. It is annoying to get to all the stop and go roads and the back roads that you've got to take. I don't like that, but I'm always amazed at how lovely it is when I go there. And I went to Litchfield for White Memorial Conservation. And anybody that's been there, and I know that there are a lot of people that go to that area, that corner of the state just for White Memorial because of all the nature preserve and the wildlife and everything that you can see, experience, and do there. But I went there for Spotlight Connecticut, and I got to talk with Jerry Griswold. You know her from all of her years reporting traffic on WTIC. A listener suggested it. It's something I thought about doing this fall, but when the request came through about a few weeks ago, someone emailed me, and uh, and they said, you know, we were just there, and uh, we learned so much, and you should do a show on it. So I can't talk about everything that's there. And part of the problem is you've got to have the visual component. We're not television. I don't pretend to be on television. Um, and so I can't show you the trails. I can't show you the history because there's a big museum with all of it on display. But I think that Jerry does a really solid job trying to put all of those visuals to words that are easy to understand, especially for people who've never been to White Memorial Conservation before. So that's where we're going to spend this hour of Spotlight Connecticut in Litchfield. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, this is Jack Gerling from Taupo, New Zealand, visiting the United States. And I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. All right, Jerry, it's been so long since I've seen you. And also, we've been talking about this trip, Morgan Cunningham getting out to White Memorial for how long now? Uh, forever. Not not since 1913 when the foundation was established, but forever. Been quite some time. And we also have another friend over here, uh, Bradley yeah, is his I, name. My dog Bradley is here, and he comes to work with me every day. I say adopt, don't shop. I adopted him. and. 2015 with the intention of him being part of the programming here at White Memorial and he hasn't disappointed at all. He goes out on my hikes many times. Yesterday morning he had a job to do going out with our summer camp kids so it's kind of cool to be able to bring your dog to work. You know I gotta be honest with you Jerry I'm not much of a dog person but I love Bradley and I think it helps because he's so friendly like I could see kids of all ages just loving Bradley. It, it, it's re reciprocated. He loves them as much as they love him. He just loves children and it was something that was imperative. If he was coming to work with me I needed a reason why and he had to do two things when he arrived. He had to get along well with goats and cats and then he had to get along best with kids. Bradley just tried to give her a kiss, everybody listening to Spotlight Connecticut. You have cats here at White Memorial? No, no, but, but at home there was a cat and I have goats at home. And so um, it was really important that he was able to deal with all of those because I knew if he could, then I could teach him anything. But and a dog, especially loving kids that are piling on top of him, that's a super special animal because some dogs like kids enough, but they don't want them piling on and, and he can and he does. So he's actually licensed by the USDA, not as a therapy dog or anything like that, but um, he just comes to work every day and everybody knows he's solid with children. He has a very big bark and that can be a little daunting for a child. Or 27-year-old Morgan or Cunningham. 27-year-old man-child Morgan. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how to describe me. It's true. I walked up the stairs and Bradley started to bark, but he was so nice. Yeah, he is. He's a really... We, did, we had a kid yesterday uh, that was very... If there's one child in our camp that isn't cool with dogs, 
then Bradley doesn't go out. So our education director, Carrie Schved, brought him downstairs, introduced him to the boy, and at the end of the day, the boy said, I'm really not keen on dogs, but I love Bradley. And it's like, yeah, buddy, we've done it. That's what, we're, that's what we try to do here at White Memorial. Make a child that's afraid of dogs, like dogs, make a kid that knows nothing about nature, fall in love with nature, and then we begin great things. Jerry Griswold here at White Memorial in Litchfield. We're in Litchfield, right? We're in Litchfield. <laughs> Another one of the dog kisses. Sorry. Well, Jerry, here we are at White Memorial. What is this place? Because it's been here for a long time, from what I understand. Yeah, White Memorial was the brainchild of a brother and sister who never married, Elaine and May White. Elaine, not Alan. People mispronounce his name all the time. And uh, this was, we're standing right now, Morgan, in the vestiges of Whitehall, which was their summer home. It really doesn't look like a home now because it's now our beautiful nature museum. Uh, the Whites came from a very privileged family. Most of the children were born in Europe. Their father, John Jay, was, a, um, was, a, was an attorney, um, but even further... In the back of their history, there was a fortune made in top hats, which you probably may or may not know were made out of beaver fur. And we know that the beaver um, was almost annihilated, almost became extinct because of its fur. So I think it's kind of ironic that this place that saves animals now, that's a sanctuary for animals, began long, long time ago in killing beavers. So the beaver is the symbol of the White Memorial Foundation. Uh, so it was established in 1913 when Elaine, who was 10 years younger than his sister, and, and May, she was the iron fist in the velvet glove. These, this was a period where there were these dynamic women out there. I just, I just found out that her sister, Violetta, was an accomplished mycologist. You know what that is? Studies mushrooms. And an accomplished artist of mushrooms. And an artist of mushrooms? What? Artist she, would paint she painted mushrooms? And all of her paintings are up at Bard College on, in the Hudson uh, River Valley. And what's incredible is that um, leading, I'm reading another book about another woman from the same era, Catherine Routledge, who in the early 1900s with her husband put a schooner in the ocean. This is before the Panama Canal and went to Easter Island to do the first archaeological dig. And she was quote-unquote, an amateur. So there were all of these incredible women. Mae White was not an amateur conservationist. She was a conservationist. So he gets the credit, but none of this would have been done without the two of them working in tandem. So I call her the iron fist and the velvet glove all the time because she was equally important. But as you can see in the wall behind you, it really is Elaine Campbell White. He was a published botanist. He published two books, important books on botany, um, he um, was in, instrumental in saving wood duck and mallard duck uh, populations from extinction with Dylan Ripley from the Ripley Waterfowl Conservancy. There's another story for your show. Uh, he um, was instrumental in repopulating and reforesting red pines. Um, and the coolest thing about Elaine, if you're a chess lover, he was a chess master. And I'm not talking just a good chess player. His codes in World War I are so coveted. They deciphered, he deciphered German codes in World War I chess codes. So even just recently, some of his chess codes were let loose for the first time to the chess community. So in the world of chess, Elaine White is a god. So they were land junkies. They didn't have to do, they didn't have to give this to us, but they squirreled away 4,000 acres here in Litchfield, Bantam Morris. And then they had 6,000 extra acres that 
were things like Kent Falls, People State Forest, Macedonia Brook, Dean Ravine, Campbell's Falls, um, Mohawk, and West Cornwall. All of those lands were owned by Elaine and May. You're not connected to Litchfield Bantam Morris, so here's State of Connecticut. Start your own party. Start a state park system. Take these and protect them for the people forever. They were invested in families and invested in children. Um, their objective was to obtain 100% of the land around Bantam Lake uh, to set up camps for kids, inner city kids, country kids, kids in general. I think that they were big kids themselves, really. They staged these elaborate plays in the backyard of Whitehall um, that used local children, and they made these fancy um, paper mache outfits for them, and they actually wrote their own adaptations of books like Through the Looking Glass. And they had big ice cream and lemonade socials for every school child in the area when school was over for the summer. I mean, they were just so giving. You know, today, if you do something like what the Whites did, you would want to have a building put up in your honor. You would want to do, you know, I want this bench put in my honor. They just kind of did it silently. So a lot of people today still don't even know about the White Memorial Foundation, that we've got 40 miles of trails, that we've got 4,000 acres to explore 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you want to come out cross-country skiing in the moonlight, Come on down. If you want to go kayaking, you know, in at the crack of dawn, come on down. Um, the the sanctuary is open all the time and it's free of charge. I think the first time I remember hearing about White Memorial, which was from you, one of the big advocates here, Jerry Griswold, with me on Spotlight Connecticut. We are here at White Memorial in Litchfield. But thinking back to that first time I heard about this place, you were doing. Something at sunrise, I believe it was. Was it a bird watching? Was it just watching the sun come up and it was on Apple Hill? <laughs> we do all sorts of stuff. Um, if it was Apple Hill, it was a moonset sunrise hike. So, of course, you try to do these on a Saturday morning. That means that you have to look at the calendar and see the lunar calendar and see when this, it all works out. So it works out on your Saturday. But we've done these in February. And I love. we do... Um, we do um, owl prowls at the crack of dawn, 4 a.m. Uh, we'll do a dawn chorus in the spring when all of the songbirds arrive and the males are just like, blah, 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 I'm the most beautiful thing in the world, girls, where are you? We're out there listening to birds as the sun rises and listening to this layer of bird calls, sort of crescendo as you get to the sunrise. So, But we do things at night, too. We just did a things that go bump in the night um, hike here last week where we took families out at, uh, after 8 o'clock and walk them out in mosquito-fested super... It was so humid I wanted to cry, but I didn't. Bring your bug spray, folks. Bring your bug spray. <laughs> BYOB, bring your own bug spray, um, just to get people out at night. And to not use the rise so much, because we're a visual animal, but to use your ears and to use your sense of smell and the other things that come with being out and exploring at night. So we, we do everything. We can create any kind of program that you want. We've got a dynamic education um, director that will develop a program for your school. Kids come out here all the time and school buses come rolling in in the spring and we do pond prowls and hikes and um, we even have the facilities here to put people up overnight. So, but it's mainly about kids. I mean we do big people research here too which is again something we're doing right now with Bats Count. You love your bats? Love them. Just I'm crazy about them. And it's, it's great to see through 30 years, 30-plus uh, years of working with bats to see it reach this point that we're doing this big thing in collaboration with the Connecticut DEEP, Bat Scout. It's so great to see 
you know, it started off as, Jerry, will you do a birthday party for my kid with a bat? <laughs> <laughs> and and did thought, you? Would you? Of course I did. And not now, I won't. I won't do Halloween program, programs anymore. They, they're they usually gone in hibernation by then, so bats shouldn't be associated with Halloween. They're not scary animals. And I don't do birthday parties because kids want to eat cake. They don't want to hear this old lady talking about bats. Come on. But Jerry, that'd be cool. <laughs> I might be the crazy old aunt you never had. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wish I did. I wish I did. Tell me, Jerry, how has this place changed over the years, right? Because, you know, obviously it wasn't a museum many years ago, but if you could look back in time and take us maybe decade by decade, how has it grown? How has it changed here at White Memorial in Litchfield? Yeah, I don't think in terms of acreage it's grown uh, because our foundation continues to buy when they can afford more land that abuts our, our um, property. They try to get as much as possible. I don't really know all the minutiae of the property, and there are others that are far more um, capable of telling you that. But um, I believe it was in the 60s that the Nature Center, 1964 was when the White Memorial Conservation Center was established. The Whites really wanted something that focused specifically on children. And Whitehall, where we're standing now that it was a museum, was this grand Victorian house. And um, Elaine and May really didn't care about it. Once the foundation was established, the house was just fluff. It was just stuff. And so the house started falling into rack and ruin. Art Cedar, who was uh, the forest manager here for a while, Art Cedar lived here for a while. I've heard some funny stories about people that got lost hiking the Mattituck Trail, knocking on the door to use the phone because they actually was one of our board members. He was a kid, knocked on the door, and Art opened up the door to Whitehall where Art was living, and it's falling apart by then. And Henry asked to use the phone because they were lost and they needed somebody to pick them up. So it wasn't always this glitzy, glamorous, absolutely stunning museum. The the house was falling into disarray, and in 1999-2000, there was a capital campaign done to raise, I don't know, over a million dollars to put in, which isn't a lot of money now, even though you and I would love a million dollars. Then it was a lot of money to make this museum look as it does today. It wasn't always like this. The only rooms that weren't touched um, when they did the build-out in 99-2000 was the room I was showing you that had the Perry Wilson diorama in it. Ah, yes. Yeah, we can't, we can't do anything. That would be like painting a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Um, Perry Wilson is the father of diorama painting. His paintings are well known in this genre. Um, and they're here. And they're here. Uh, we've got um, a big Perry Wilson. And you can see his other paintings at, oh, like small museums like the American Museum of Natural History or Yale Peabody um, when it reopens again. So that we have one of Perry's. And Perry came out here and lived for a while. He was quite a character from what I gather. Um, Perry came out here and painted plain air just out there and then did this beautiful mural in the back room there. And that room was untouched when they did the build out. It's the only thing that le was left untouched. Obviously, there's the museum here, but what I should point out is that there's so much more. And I remember the first time I came here, I was trying to find Apple Hill, and it was a struggle because there are a lot of different places that you can explore here at White Memorial. Jerry, tell us what is available here other than, you know, the center attention, which is the museum. Yeah, it, it is. The museum is the, the beating heart and soul of the White Memorial Foundation and Conservation Center. But as you said, Morgan, Apple Hill, where, how do I get to it? Can I walk there from here? Uh -uh. Well, you can. It will take you a long time. Remember, we're 4,000 acres. So we've got our main campus, and there's a lot you can do here, including walking to the Jewel in the Crown, the Little Pond Boardwalk, 
which is everybody's favorite. Everybody color. loves that. I see it on social media all the time. It's like when you go to Iceland, you've got to go to the Blue Lagoon. I won't fault you for that. It's when you come to White Memorial, your rite of passage is to do the Little Pond Boardwalk Trail. And you can walk from here to there. Um, it's about a three and a half mile hike. If you want to get closer, there is a parking lot that's it's much more convenient for you if you don't feel like hiking in all of the humidity. Uh, so there's or if you're out of shape like Morgan. Or Jerry. Um, but I did it the other night. Anyway, uh, so we have all the hiking trails, um, but you can bring your kayak and you can launch it uh, out on White, Whiteswoods Road um, and paddle down the Bantam River. You can um, go camping here. We have campgrounds. We have family campgrounds. We've got Windmill Hill, very conventional tent camping, no RVs very old-fashioned camping, very affordable. And then we have Point Folly right on Bantam Lake. It's a little peninsula uh, on Bantam Lake that's wildly popular, and you can bring an RV there, but you better book way in advance. We're going to be going online with reservations too, which is going to make it a lot easier, hassle-free for people in the future. So camping here is a really big deal. Um, the trails, and oh, we also have, because the whites were so invested in kids, we have family campgrounds, uh, of course, and then we have campgrounds for nonprofits. We've got two campgrounds for Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, church, church groups, schools that are free of charge because Elaine and May stipulated it. They wanted to have free camping for nonprofits. You just have to call our office and you'll get all that information when you're done um, and book Pine Grove 1, Pine Grove 2. Take Pine Grove 2, I think it's nicer. but. Take both of them. You know, they're really, really nice. And watch out for ticks because I care about you. Yeah, ticks are no good. Tell you what, before we go to the break on Spotlight Connecticut, speaking with Jerry Griswold at White Memorial, Jerry, tell us, how can people learn more? I need a website. I need a phone number. Something like that, please. Yeah, we've got a super beautiful website. It's whitememorialcc.org. You can go gift shopping. You can um, explore every single trail. Uh, you can look at the research that we're doing, find out what the, is up in our upcoming calendar. We're doing a lot of virtual programming, too. I'm really invested in virtual since... COVID, I'm traveling all over the world, having people from all over the world speaking here, Egyptologists and archeologists and things like that. So there's a lot to do. And there are also tons and tons of programs for children from the tiniest kids all the way up to high school students. And if you don't see what you want, let us know and we'll develop it for you. I'm Morgan Cunningham with Spotlight Connecticut this week on WTIC News Talk 1080 and our guest, Jerry Griswold, taking us all the way out to Litchfield. For White Memorial Conservation, there's more on the way. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. What a national treasure, the voice of New Haven's Karen Carpenter. In case you didn't know that or in case you forgot, these pipes came from New Haven. Raised there with her brother Richard. And when they became very talented, and it was obvious to the parents... Out to California they went, and I'm sure that they didn't regret that one bit. I'm Morgan Cunningham with Spotlight Connecticut, and I've got information for you if you want to reach out to the show. Maybe you've got an idea to share about what I should do for Spotlight Connecticut, because this whole episode, our conversation with Jerry Griswold, who I've known for a long time, um, about White Memorial Conservation, where she's very involved. This was all a listener's idea. I had thought about it, and I wanted to get out there maybe in the fall, um, but this listener really sped up the process in getting this show put together. I listen to you guys. I do. I, I can't listen to every single idea. I can't make every single idea work out. But in many cases, I can. And so send your ideas my way 
And all you've got to do is check out my revamped Facebook page. It was always there, but I'm trying to really um, update it. Fresh pictures, some new features, and things like that. So go to facebook.com forward slash NC News Talk. Facebook.com forward slash NC News Talk. That's my page, and you can reach out to me there if you have an idea. You can email me through that page. There's a phone number and so much more. Not hard to reach out to me at all. Of course, if you'd prefer to just email me right out, it's a little tougher because you've got to kind of jot down all of this information. It's a real mouthful, um, but this is an option as well. You can email me, morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com, M-O-R-G-A-N dot C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M, at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Or again, visit my Facebook page, MC News Talk on Facebook. You can email me through there. There's even a phone number that goes to voicemail, and you can leave me a message as well. It's super simple. And coming up, we'll continue with our listener idea, visiting White Memorial in Litchfield. This is WTIC in Hartford. What's going on, everyone? This is Joe from Hebron, and you're listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. I'm Morgan Cunningham at Spotlight Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, and I am here at White Memorial in Litchfield, with the great Jerry Griswold. We love you, Jerry. You know that. I love you guys, too, always. And I'm so happy because we're walking around here. We're seeing nature. And the first thing that comes to my mind, Jerry, is what can kids do here? Because there's a lot that kids could do here. So a kid coming here for the first time, maybe somebody being their kid or their grandchild, where do you begin? Exactly. Where do you begin? Because, first of all, you've got the outside for walking and hiking and exploring the nature that you have in your backyards. But if it's a really hot day, like it is today... Morgan and I can stand here in air-conditioned splendor. It's geothermal, by the way. We have 60% of our um, power and our heating and cooling come from solar and geothermal, which is pretty cool. Uh, but if you don't have time, if you say you're on a, a really short break and you just want to come out and experience the museum, the the museum is basically little vignettes of many of the trails that you can actually visit here. So we're standing right now in front of Catlin Woods, which is our old growth forest. It hasn't been touched in over 200 years. And you'll see signs all over the foundation that say natural area. Well, you think, well, isn't everything in White Memorial natural? Well, we still do timber harvesting practices over in our Five Ponds area. Catlin Woods is a laboratory, a forest laboratory, where if a tree falls across a trail, our foundation workers go out, saw up both ends, push it aside, and just let it rot. So we can actually experience the evolution of a forest. And this is really super for many species, as many species of birds. You know I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot, Morgan, so I'm not gonna get it. I think it's all warblers and thrushes and stuff that love things like Catlin Woods. Um, so it's this beautiful old growth forest and you can see wild turkeys. If you were lucky, you'd see a rough grouse, which isn't around as much as it used to be, red squirrels. Porcupines might amble for, through, but it is a, not really a regular visitor to us. Um, but owls absolutely like the great horned. And um, this is a goshawk maybe up there, or is it a red-tailed hawk? I can't see with the light on. So you can experience Catlin Woods for a brief moment in our museum, and then you can go out and say, I want to go visit the real Catlin Woods. Buy a trail map, and off you go. It's actually, you can walk to Catlin Woods from here. It's not a long walk at all. So That's very convenient. Too. Yeah, very convenient. Um, for other things for kids to do, of course, we do have a few live animals on display. We do have this... Do you like snakes, Morgan? 
Uh, not quite. Yes. Well, we're here to we're here yes, to yes. make you love them. But we have I said yes, all right. <laughs> this is a... I was forced. I was forced for the recording. <laughs> this is a beautiful black rat snake, Jacob. Um, what we got as a little guy and now is an extremely big guy. You can't really see how big he is. A lot of them is under his water dish. And Jacob... Is that where he's hiding? Yeah, and Jacob will go out um, and do presentations uh, for children and adults. He's one of our animal ambassadors. We've got others outside as well. We've got some barred owls and a red-tailed hawk. And then we have some turtles on display and also um, turtles that are not on display. But I yeah, I see his head moving yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> Maybe he's napping. Morgan, you look like a mouse. <laughs> so he's a native species, very big. But this corner is really important because this is where you begin. We're in an area that is just really looking like it's designed for children. I'm seeing children's books. Children's I'm seeing children's colors and tables. So you toys. set this up just for the kids. We set this up to get parents to bring the smallest. This is where it all begins. It all begins literally out of the womb. That's what Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers would say. Children are being marketed to from the moment they're born. Well, why aren't we marketing nature to our children? So bring your youngest child, no matter how small they are. Kelly Orr, who you met at the desk when you came in, has a program called Babies and Backpacks, the third Thursday of every month, where people with the youngest children get them outside just to be in nature. Um, and that's what's really important to start them young. Though I have memories as a child, you know, growing up in Winchester and growing up poor and living outdoors almost all my life. Things that went back to, they say you can't remember things. I remember things clearly. And nature really is what molded me. It really is what made me the person I am today. You become more compassionate. I think you become, and, and with other people who love nature, it's a fraternity of people. It's not like a creepy cult or anything. It's just... No, no, it's people just... People that love nature, there's just... And understand nature or inquisitive about nature and want to learn more about nature. There's just something good about them. And I always laugh when somebody comes out to a, a, a rural place like this and they're like so scared because they're used to the city or something like that, but they're not that used to nature well we fear things that we don't understand we fear things we don't understand so that's why i'm an advocate for bats we fear things we don't understand and this is a safe place for anybody exactly. that wants to learn more about nature right and when we can fill the feeders when we have a, a big winter and the bears go away this is a great place for your budding little birder to begin their love of twitching they call that bird bird watchers that are like really crazy bird watchers, twitchers. So you can start your little twitcher right here in the children's corner. You brought up the B word. Now my whole life, <laughs> I am 27, and I am used to associating bears with Litchfield County since I was a child. Don't touch this. No? Hairy vine means it's poison ivy. Is that a real yeah. hairy vine? It isn't a real hairy oh, vine. Oh, okay. But when you see a hairy vine crawling <laughs> I know, up a I tree, know, not to do don't, it. Don't pet it. Did you know that? I did. Okay, that's did. good. A lot of people don't. Yeah, no, you got to stay away from those. Yeah, and I even do. in the winter. I grew up in the woods, Terry. You know that. <laughs> then why are you afraid of bees? I don't like bees. We're going to get to that okay. next. <laughs> but what I was saying was I associate Litchfield County with bears ever since I was a child, but I know for a fact now it's definitely gotten out of hand. But I always was under the impression when I was younger, if you're going to see a bear, it would be in Litchfield County. Now you're telling me that over the course of your life that wasn't always true, and it's definitely gotten out of hand. So how are bears here at White Memorial? Uh, brutal. It's, it, well, you know, it's not brutal. It's not brutal because we don't have garbage cans here. 
So people are there. Wow. And the bird seed is not out. We no, the bird seed is we don't we don't feed birds. As soon as the bears show up, we don't feed birds. We have an electric fence here, so the bears can't get at the beehive that we have here. That they they've done it in the past. They ripped off the side of the building to try to get to our honeybee observation hive. Um, and the most important thing is to secure our garbage. We need to be bear aware. And the problem the problem with people is that they try to anthropomorphize wildlife and they really shouldn't. That little raccoon could be a carrier of rabies or roundworm. That bear is big, dirty, dangerous, and not particularly bright, and it's hungry. And when you invite wildlife into your yard, something is going to happen. And I really wish that people would stop posting pictures on Facebook about these bear encounters in their yard because it's giving me agita. It's probably why I have AFib mornings. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, it's just, guys, please, this is not fun. He wouldn't go away even though I yelled at him. It's because he's already habituated, and a fed bear is a dead bear. So if you don't want hunting in this state, and the Connecticut DEP is doing everything they can to keep you from keeping that hunt from happening, but if you keep on habituating these animals... A sow with three or four cubs is not cute. That is an overfed mother. We've got to secure our garbage, and we have to pull in our bird feeders, even your hummingbird feeders, and we need to be responsible. And we need to learn, my, favorite, my other favorite is, we took away all their habitat. We have more open space in this state than we've had in 200 or 300 years. There's plenty of habitat. It's not that we've encroached on them. It's that we, humans, are feeding them and that's why they're becoming overpopulated. And we've got to stop thinking that this is a stuffed animal. This is a dangerous animal. Should people be worried if they're out on a trail here at White Memorial, they're gonna run into a bear? And if they do, what should they know and what should they do? We have one called the punk that has been around pretty ubiquitous in the last few weeks. And he's pretty much afraid. But I personally think people are at the point where you should bring maybe bring a little air horn again for as big a property as it is here we don't see them very often if you've got your dog on a lead you you can bring your dog out here but when i take bradley out here he's on a lead last week when i was leading a hike he scared a bear away he did i was just gonna say have you seen one here recently yeah i saw one on a, a hike over at slab meadow a couple of weeks ago and i knew that there was a bear there because i know his behavior when a bear is around and we finally came upon it and he scared it. He scared it away. So it's not like you have to bring your dog, and we're, we're not discouraging you for coming out. Um, with black bears, just be really loud. Don't turn your back on them. Scream and yell at them, and they'll go away because hopefully the bears on this property aren't habituated. They're not. But some people in town might be feeding nearby, and then nearby. the bear walks over. Yeah, right? yeah. So we've had some strange things happen. Um, the day that Bradley chased the bear away, there was a man in Litchfield that was, it was in the news. Bitten. Right, he was bitten. That he was 4th of July weekend, wasn't it? Right, and yes, and his neighbor had their bird feeders up. So this man was just trying to protect his dog. Dogs and bears don't mix. And the man got in the crossfire and, you know, got bitten. So, you know, we need to be responsible. And, you know, Morgan, we just need to be watching out for each other. And we need to behave and realize that nature isn't a plaything. Nature is beautiful, but it can be dangerous. 
such as these scary bees behind this little wall here that we're about to open and talk about. There is a real living beehive here at White Memorial. Morgan Cunningham, didn't I tell you we fear what we don't understand? So. And do you hear that creaking, folks? Listening to Spotlight Connecticut, I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC with Jerry Griswold live at White Memorial. You're putting your face right up to the glass. Can you hear it? Yeah, put your ear up. You can hear the buzzing. Hear them. Listen, put your ear up. These are honeybees. Morgan is listening to honeybees. Boop. Did you hear them? I do. I do. So they're just doing their thing. I wonder what happens if I put my microphone up there. Maybe. Do you think it'll pick up? Let's see. All right, let's all be quiet, and we're going to see if we can hear the bees through the glass. Well, I'll have to go listen with headphones. I'll let you know. I can hear it from here. I can hear it from here when Maybe we were quiet. I don't know if the mic is... Um, I did like, see that the little meters were moving, so it's possible. It's possible. So honeybees, of course, are... Uh, and again, I'm a little bit off my area, my wheelhouse area of expertise, but honeybees have also suffered gravely over the past many years from colony collapse disorder. And we've been having a rough time um, keeping this colony alive. So we have some uh, really lovely local folks who are have apiaries and they will bring bees over to us and help us maintain this hive. And we are always hoping that they'll survive through the winter. So all of these are worker bees. And I'm not good at pointing out, Kelly can probably find the queen. I'm not good at finding the queen because there's this one queen and all of these are her minions. And they're going out and collecting all of their pollen and stuff. Morgan, you can see them flying in right now. And down here, you can have your little kid open this up and push this light and see them all coming up that little ram rampway. Oh, whoa, look at that. Yeah. They're coming in. Yep, they're coming in. They're leaving and they're making honey. And hopefully that honey is what's going to sustain them through the winter. Hopefully they'll live through the winter. Lord knows they've got enough stuff out here, but what's killing them? We don't know, we don't really know. So you guys don't actually take the honey no. and produce it, it's for the bees. Yep, we leave it in there for the bees to keep them going through the winter. Yeah, we're not into the honey, honey making business. A lot of people are in the area though, which is really nice. Um, but that's great. And you were asking me for more. Every single bit of this museum was created by local people. Tell me about that. It was Who designed, was behind it? Whitey Jenkins was the main designer of the museum, but our former executive director, Keith Cudworth, and our former education director, Jeff Greenwood, wrote the script. There was an actual script for this museum. And um, local people made these beautiful, colorful leaves that are hanging above you. They're all PVC um, pipe that have been uh, um, heated and painted, hand-painted. Um, a lot of the woodwork, some of the woodwork, as you saw beginning the, the staircase, was all original Whitehall. But a lot of the woodwork was done, again, by all local people. They tried to keep the building of this museum, the design of this museum, as local as possible. Randy Gilman did the murals on the walls. Um, oh, what's her name? Shame on me. Kim Burris uh, did some the paintings in the um, gift shop of all of the animals. All of these are local folks, which I love as well. We didn't go to some fancy museum designer in East Oshkosh, Bagosh. You know, they they fished for folks right here, and they got the best of the best. They really did. This is beautiful, Jerry. Thank you, Morgan. I love this place. I'm. It's so easy. I always say that you know, I'm I'm just not a liar. And I'm a very passionate person, but I can only sell what I believe in. And I so believe in the mission of Elaine and Mae White, in the honor of working here, um, 
in this museum and that I believe it's, it's one of the greatest in the United States. And yet still a lot of people don't know about it. I've made it to the trails before, but I've never been in the museum. So people should do that. Remind everybody in our last moment here on Spotlight Connecticut, how can people find out more about the museum online by calling? Where can they find it here in Litchfield? Tell everybody what they need to know. We're just right outside of Litchfield. If you're going 202 westbound, we're two miles past the Litchfield Green. You'll see a little um, a plaza that has the Dutch Epicure. Oh my God, stay away, Morgan. Patty's Restaurant, stay away. Such good food. And then No, just I don't need any food, please. <laughs> just after that is Bissell Road, and you can turn right into Whitehall Road, our main road. Our, our website, which has everything that you need to know, is White Memorial, www.whitememorialcc.org, and you can find everything. You can buy a trail map, or you can come in here and buy a trail map. We're always happy to give you um, cross-country ski conditions in the winter if you just give us a call. Just give us a call. Um, we're open. The museum is open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 until 5, Sundays noon until 5. Mondays were closed, but the sanctuary, all of this land is always open for you. We're waiting for you. Jerry, thanks so much for taking the time to do Spotlight Connecticut with me. I love you, Morgan. Thanks for the opportunity. Jerry Griswold this week on Spotlight Connecticut. And what a lot of people don't know, other than nature and doing traffic on the radio, her third love is music. And no, I'm not going to play Mrs. Miller to take us out of here. If you want, look her up on your own, but we're not going to play her on the radio, at least not this week. Bye-bye, everybody. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.